0: Join my mom now as she offers us Love Rules from Roxbury Presbyterian Church.
1: Hi, everybody, and welcome to Love Rules. Today's message is called The Gentlest Imperative, and our text is from Revelation, the 22nd chapter, the 17th through 21st verses. The spirit and the bride say, come, and let the one here say, come. Let the one who is thirsty come, and let the one who wishes take the free gift of the water of life. I warn everyone who hears the word of the prophecy of this scroll, if anyone adds anything to them, God will add to that person the plagues described in this scroll. And if anyone takes words away from this scroll of prophecy, God will take away from that person any share in the tree of life and in the holy city which are described in this scroll. He who testifies to these things says, Yes, I am coming soon amen come lord jesus verse 21 the grace of the lord jesus be with god's people amen revelation 22nd the end of the revelation come lord jesus the closer we get to christmas the bigger the strain in this ritual of preparation becomes Those who are in the flow of the season are ready for the full force of the holiday. The manger scenes, the angel, the Christmas carols, joy to the world. But Advent has us still waiting for both the Lord's birth and the Lord's return. The word Advent is derived from the Latin Adventus, which is essentially defined as to come. And it is one of the most powerful words in the the Bible and one of the most important. Absolutely one of the most important. We say it by leaning in. We say it in anticipation and expectation of God. Come, Lord Jesus. You know, the Bible is made up of two basic instructions as far as I'm concerned. There's go, that would be the law, the Old Testament, the commandments. And then there is come, that is the appeal, the call, the gentlest imperative, tender but necessary. Both instructions have power behind them, but there is an intimacy in that word, come. We we pause for this unique impact on our senses, a glimpse, a a touch, a word from, from God, a God of particularity, who will not only lead his people through eternity, but who can help us right now. Come, Lord Jesus. The prophets predicted the Messiah would come from the line of Abraham and the line of David. He would come to change the world and to save us from our sins. Come, Lord Jesus. I think of Mary sitting there in that little nowhere corner of that little nowhere place called Nazareth, and suddenly an angel appears, and that that's shocking. But the angel tells Mary she will conceive and give birth to a son. And Mary asks, how can that be? I'm a virgin. And the angel responds, the Holy Spirit will come on you. And the power of the Most High will overshadow you. The Most High God will use me to build his kingdom. That is beyond anything Mary could ask or imagine. She waits in obedience. Come, Lord Jesus, come. You don't hear much about wonder in the 21st century. This is an era of knowledge and reason. We can explain anything and everything. There's an answer. That's why we need to meditate on Mary's experience, her participation, In this conversation, come, Lord Jesus, come. Imagine the shift in her heart. Dark spaces filled with doubt and fear now shining with eagerness and certainty. We need more wonder in our day-to-day lives. The element of delight, surprise, amazement caused by something beautiful, inexplicable. This is the experience of Mary. God is still in the miracle-making business. God, who is sovereign over all the universe, is still able to turn one dull, colorless life into a star shower of expectation. Mary, you are going to have a baby. You are pregnant with potential. Anything can happen. Nothing is impossible with God. Come, Lord Jesus. You know, science has advanced in amazing ways in what is called assisted reproductive technology. There are a number of methods used to achieve pregnancy by artificial means, in vitro fertilization, egg donations, sperm donations, surrogacy. But the dynamics underlying the science have not been duplicated or even revealed. No matter what discoveries or inventions we have come up with, the core of creation still belongs to God. What makes that personality unique? What makes those eyes sparkle? What gives this person an individual certain spirit? That still belongs to God. It always will. As a matter of fact, the scientist who led the first efforts to map out the human genome, the DNA of our species, writes the work left him even more humbled and awed in catching a tiny glimpse of God's language. Creation belongs to God. That is the wonder and the awe-inspiring mystery. Come, Lord Jesus. Now, we are not just spectators. We enter in and, and participate in creation, but it's not ours. This conversation between man and God that has been going on throughout history was started by God. The world belongs to God. It will never be ours, no matter how far science goes. God stands above and behind all creation. Our responsibility is to be aware of that, and be grateful. And so we should search out the gifts of creation around us. I think about my new grandbaby, Rosalyn. She's about a year old, and what a beauty she is, and what a spirit, and what determination. I'm telling you, she's going to be amazing. She's already becoming her own woman as a baby. Theologian Eugene Peterson writes, the Christian life is the practice of living in what God has done and is doing. We must remember, especially in this season, that every good and perfect gift comes from God. And the only appropriate response is to give God the glory. Come, Lord Jesus, come. Wonder is how we react to God. Now, wonder results in worship. In recognizing God's goodness, we respond in reverence, in adoration. That's what the wise men did. That's what the shepherds did. Our worship is the expression of our sense of God's value. It means to prostrate oneself out of honor. Worship is what we generally do on Sunday mornings. But I'm going to suggest today that that's just a part of it. As Christians, we are called to worship God with everything we have, to worship God with our lives. That's giving God our best. God gives us so much. What do we give in return? Take a minute to think about that. Gifts. God gives us so everything. We owe God everything. What do we give God in return? The gifts that the Magi brought, the gold, the incense, the myrrh, were not just a matter of quantity. You see, those gifts represented the best that they had. God doesn't want your mediocrity. God doesn't want you to be asleep all the time. God doesn't want your average, ordinary, run-of-the-mill indifference or your apathy. I look around and see Christians and think, you know, we should be the ones jumping for joy. We should be the ones modeling the good life, the best life, because God wants our best. And because we know God, because we have relationship with God, We should always be worshiping God, and we should always be giving God our best. When we get up in the morning, what can I do for you, God? What can I do for you today that that shows you how much I love you? Can I give a big smile? Can I reach out and touch someone? Can I help someone who who is in desperate need? I want to worship you, God, in spirit and in truth, and give you my best. Worship is not limited to a formal ritual. It can happen anywhere at any time. When we pray or read sacred word or go about our daily lives seeking God's presence. One of my favorite times at Roxbury Presbyterian Church is our Wednesday night prayer meeting and Bible study. It's a small group of people who have been together for a long time and we try hard not to make it into a club. But there's a sense of worship there and awe every week, just awe at how wonderful God is. Uh, It's just a matter of praising God among the, the small group of worshipers. Even if you just whisper the name Jesus, you can be assured that you are worshiping God. And whatever your needs or your problems or whatever your issues are in that moment, when you call on God, God understands, and God will be with you. That's why he came. Come, Lord Jesus, come. You know, Jesus didn't come to condemn us. Jesus came to save us through his love. And his words to us, come to me, come to me. Jesus wants us to learn how to live as new creations. That's what this new birth story is all about. If you read the Bible carefully, you will notice the language of birth throughout. Jesus told Nicodemus, if you want to see the kingdom of God, you must be born again. The Apostle Paul wrote, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has gone. That's why we celebrate babies. That's why we celebrate gifts and lights. The season offers this fresh atmosphere, a sense of restored dreams, renewed hope. Our journey has never been easy. It never will. We will stumble, we will struggle, and we will fall. But God is a God of of second chances and new seasons and new beginnings. And that is why God continues to call us with the gentlest imperative of all. Come to me all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Yes, that is the call of the season. Not the words of a baby, but the words of the one who has been to the cross. We need to give up our burdens to Jesus this season. We carry so many, but this is the season when we can just turn it over to Jesus. Come to me, all of you who are weary and burdened, and I Will give you rest. That is the gentle invitation. Think about Mary's situation. As she waited, she must have gone through periods of fear and exhaustion. As wonderful as pregnancy is, there is a burden. But Jesus says he will bear our burdens. Come to me. My prayer for you this season is that you will respond to the gentlest imperative of all. Come to me, all of you who are weary, and I will give you rest.
0: Be blessed. Thank you for tuning in. Roxbury Presbyterian Church is located at 328 Warren Street, right in the heart of Roxbury. Come worship with us on Sundays at 11 a.m. This is a listener-supported program. We invite you to partner with us and learn the many ways that love rules. Visit us on our website, RoxburyPresbyterianChurch.org, or call us at 617-445-2116. Love or
1: if you let